This is a special edition of Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. This is a special edition that came about early this morning. I woke up and I just had to do this podcast. It's because last evening I watched a film. It's called Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit by Curtis Bowers. It was produced in 2010. I was actually interviewed in this film. And I was so stirred throughout the night because what we're seeing right now on the streets of cities in America is a communist rebellion. And that's what Curtis Bowers talks about in this film. The reason why he interviewed me for the film is is because I have the books Climate Gate, a veteran meteorologist exposes the global warming scam and eco-tyranny. Because of those two books, he came to my house in 2010, interviewed me, and I was drawing attention to the close ties between the current environmental movement and communism. So we're going to talk about that in this edition of Hidden Headlines. We're going to talk about what's going on in the streets of America today. We're going to talk about the Communist Party and their goals for America. We'll talk about the coming election. We'll talk about how America is at at a very, very dangerous place. And if we don't make a sharp turn to correct our course, we're in big trouble. I hope you'll stick around for this edition of Hidden Headlines. In this special edition of Hidden Headlines, I'm going to be doing a lot of reading. Uh, One of the books that I'm going to be reading from is The Naked Communist. It was put together in 1958 by Cleon Skousen, S-K-O-U-S-E-N. The copy that I have here is actually autographed. It's 1958. It was six bucks back then, but man alive. This is a treasure in my library. I'm going to go right to the very opening chapter. It's called The Rise of the Marxist Man. It is a terrible and awesome thing when a man sets out to create all other men in his own image. Such became the goal and all-consuming ambition of Karl Marx. Not that he would have made each man equal to himself. In fact, it was quite the contrary. The image he hoped to construct was a great human colossus with Karl Marx as the brain and builder and all other men serving him as the ears and eyes and feet and hands and mouth and gullet. In other words, Marx surveyed the world and dreamed of the day when the whole body of humanity could be forced into a gigantic social image which conformed completely to Marx's dream of a perfect society. Think about what's happening today, friends. You know, these people, the uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which is, of course, Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. But the Black Lives Matter movement has been created to create anarchy and socialism and ultimately communism. Now, they've taken their website and completely dumbed it down to scour it of all the words I just used. I don't think you can find anarchy there any longer. You can't find socialism or communism there any longer. But originally, when they came forth, that was on their website. They've dumbed it down now. They also call for social justice. Well, social justice sounds so great, doesn't it? I mean, everyone's for justice. And social justice just has a nice ring to it. But when they use the word social before justice, it means 
get even, get back, tear down, destroy, and even murder. You know, at the root of murder oftentimes is unforgiveness. These are unforgiving people. Have bad things happened in the United States of America to people in the name of, for example, racism? Of course. But there's no forgiveness here. You can go back to the very first family in the Bible, Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel. What happened? There was unforgiveness between those two brothers. And one murdered the other. The very first family, there was a murder rooted in unforgiveness. And you can see that throughout the pages of the Bible, which span thousands of years. Unforgiveness ultimately leads to murder. And what are we seeing on the streets today? We're seeing murders. We're seeing cops getting killed. We're seeing craziness with people so impassioned, quite frankly, on both sides, that they're, they're doing wild, unimaginable things. But it's especially on the left. And this chaos and this anarchy is part of a bigger rebellion. Now, let me continue reading here. To achieve his goal, Marx required two things. First, the total annihilation of all opposition, the downfall of all existing governments, all economies, and all societies. Then, he wrote, I shall stride through the wreckage as a creator. The second thing he needed was a new kind of human being. He visualized a regimented breed of Pavlonian men whose minds could be triggered into immediate action by signals from their masters. He wanted a race of men who would no longer depend upon free will ethics, morals, or conscience for guidance. Perhaps, without quite realizing it, Marx was setting out to create a race of human beings conditioned to think like criminals. What do we have on the streets today? Producing such a race had been the dream of power-hungry men for more than 4,000 years. You could go all the way back, friends, to Nimrod in the Bible. But today, this breed, and I continue reading here, today this breed of criminally conditioned men walks the earth in sufficient numbers to conquer countries or even continents, to change laws and boundaries, to decree war or peace. He might as well be called the Homo Marxian, the Marxist man. He has made it terribly clear that he intends to become the man of the 20th century. And now, of course, the man of the 21st century. But in the 20th century, let's just think, I'm, I'm speaking now, not uh, Mr. Skusen. In the 20th century, let's think of how many people were killed in the name of communism. At least 100 million. So let's continue reading here. Homo Marxian man lives exclusively by the jungle law of selfish survival. In terms of these values, he is rational, almost to the point of mathematical precision. You know, these communist leaders, these shot callers, my friends, I'm, I'm speaking now, not Mr. Skusen, they are smart, diabolically clever. And continuing reading here, through calm or crisis, their responses are consistently elemental and therefore highly predictable. Because Homo Marxian considers himself to be made entirely of the dust of the earth, in other words, there's no God, he pretends no other role. He denies himself the possibility of a soul and repudiates his capacity for immortality. He believes he has no creator, 
and has no purpose or reason for existing except as an incidental accumulation of accidental forces in nature. Being without morals, he approaches all problems in a direct, uncomplicated manner. Self-preservation is given as the sole justification for his own behavior, and selfish motives or stupidity are his only explanations for the behavior of others. Well, remember what uh, Vladimir Lenin called the people, useless idiots. Now, again, this is me speaking. Useful idiots. What do we see on the streets today? We see useful idiots. People that have no idea what Black Lives Matter stands for. People who have no idea what Antifa even stands for. They're marching in the streets. They're rallying to a cry. And it's a bloodthirsty cry for total rebellion and anarchy. Going back to the book. With Homo Marxian, the signing of 53 treaties and the subsequent violation of 51 is not hypocrisy, but it's strategy. The subordination of other men's minds to the obscuring of the truth is not deceit, but a necessary governmental tool. Marxist man has convinced himself that nothing is evil which answers the call of expediency. He has released himself from all the confining restraints of honor and ethics which mankind has previously tried to use as a basis for harmonious human relations. Continuing, since he believes himself to be an accidental phenomenon in a purposeless universe, he has an insatiable appetite to bring all things under his total domination. He admits that until this is done, he cannot feel secure. Not only must he conquer the human race, but he has assigned himself the task of conquering matter, conquering space, and conquering all the forces of cosmic reality so as to bring order out of natural chaos. He must do this, because man is the only creature in existence which has the accidental but highly fortunate capacity to do intelligent, creative thinking. He believes that since Homo Marxian is the most advanced type of man, he must accept the responsibility of being a supreme being. He is perfectly sincere in his announcement that Homo Marxian purposes to become the ultimate governor and god of all the earth and then the universe. This is Karl Marx. This is what he believed. This is what his followers believe to this very day. Now, let me go to my involvement with the film Masters of Deceit, Agenda 2. I wrote in my book, Climate Gate. This is, my book, Climate Gate, was different than any of the other uh, books that dealt with human-caused global warming, etc., because I was the only guy to pin the tail on the donkey. Pin the tail on the ass, if you will. And that ass is all of the all of the liberal scientists who have been pushing forward this idea that humans are destroying the planet through, for example, the use of fossil fuels. I'm going to read to you from the very, from the forward of my book. Uh, Global warming story, this is my first line of the book. Global warming's story begins with a diabolical bastard named Karl Marx. Pretty rough language. I obviously wanted to capture folks' attention right off the bat and let them know this was not going to be your standard run-of-the-mill global warming book. 
Born in Germany in 1818, Marx lived 65 years during which time his twisted mind conceived an atrocious plan to infect the world with his godless philosophy of organized collectivism, a.k.a. communism, or for the more politically correct, socialism. Of course, I believe it was either Karl Marx or Vladimir Lenner who later said the goal of socialism is communism. Continue with my book. Since his death in 1883, the global carnage wrought in his name by committed devotees is unfathomable. Commencing with the Russian Revolution in 1917 to present, Marx's blood-red ideology has been responsible for the documented deaths of over 110 million individuals around the world. Hundreds of millions more have been forced to live in oppressed societies, void of the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Finally, after decades of stealthy determination, the quixotic conjectures of Marx have seeped into the framework of the United States, with the most effectual being the supposed environmental crisis known as global warming or climate change. That's how I opened my book. I go on then to talk about Marx's current appeal. Again, this book was written in 2000. I believe it came out in 2010. Maybe it was 2000, 2008 is when it came out. Uh, Ecotyranny came out, I believe, in 2010. So this book, you know, has a few years on it. But I was writing about Marx's current appeal. And I say it is critical to note that Karl Marx and his co-conspirator and writing partner, Frederick, Eng Frederick Engels, tickle modern-day pseudo-intellectual elitist ears in large part because they are because their fiendish philosophy is intriguingly metaphysical. Okay, so now I'm getting a little deep, but let me break this down for you. To Marx and Engels, matter, in other words, atom, molecules, and the otherwise unseen, is all there will ever be. You just heard me read from Karl Marx's own writing a couple minutes ago. Karl Marx believed there was no, there's no creator. So continuing with that, matter is the alpha and omega of their reality providing the complete explanation for plants, animals, man, consciousness, intelligence, planets, and other solar systems, and the solar systems. Marx and Engels held that, quote, if science can get to know all there is, then we will know all there is to know about everything. A little convoluted there, but what they were saying is through science, we can get to know everything. Not through God, not through the Bible, not through good character and morals. It's through science. Science, science, science. Marx and Engels then concocted the three laws of matter. These laws, by the way, to the Marxist, are what the Ten Commandments are to a believer in God. So it's, and, and trust me, all the communists, all the diehard communists who have studied Marx and Engels, they know these three things. They're the law of opposites, the law of negation, and the law of transformation. If you were to break these laws of matter down, it could be broken down just like this. Karl Marx believed that some people are born with a better brain than others. And as a result, those with the better brains have some sort of metaphysical right to control those with a lesser brain, because otherwise those with the lesser brain will wreak havoc and ruin the planet and ruin humanity as we know it.
So those with the better brains have this right to rule over these otherwise skulls full of mush, these useful idiots, these people who just aren't quite as smart. Those people with the better brains, well, those would be the shot callers, the communist elites. So let's continue. Karl Marx began his rebellion first against God. He really did. His first rebellion was against God. Because as a younger man, his goal was to liquidate Christianity. Liquidate Christianity. He believed that the life of an individual was not unique. He believed liberty was an unattainable notion. He did not believe in morality. And these things he saw coming from Christianity, and to him they were dangerous. He wanted to liquidate Christianity. The concept of a God that would command humans to take ownership of land and improvement and even defend property as their very own flew in the face of, for example, the laws of matter. And as a result, Karl Marx came up with this line, the theory of the communists may be summed up in a single sentence, the abolition of private property. He also said, well, actually, he didn't say this, but it was Vladimir Lenin who said this. We say that our morality, our morality as communists, our morality is wholly subordinated to the interests of the class struggle of the proletariat. So in other words, to destroy the foundations of property and a capitalistic, capitalistic economy, every option had to be on the table. Lying, cheating, and even murder if possible. In order to get rid of all the impact that Christianity has had amongst the people of this planet, especially morality. So the 110 million people that were killed, hey, that was just a part of the business that had to be done in their minds. After all, the laws of matter and the Communist Manifesto don't prohibit the spilling of blood. In fact, they excuse it and encourage it. Just like you, I've been incredibly troubled by the rioting that's been going on in cities throughout America. Isn't it interesting that this rioting is going on in cities that are democratic controlled? The politicians running these cities are Democrats. You don't see this in Republican cities because those Republicans believe in law and order and they would put the clamps down lickety split. But in these Democrat cities, they're allowing this to take place. And I think they're overplaying their hand at this point because there are a lot of middle-of-the-road Democrats watching this day after day, night after night, and they're getting frightened. They don't want this coming to their neighborhood. And they're watching the police turn into targets for these anarchists. And they're watching police in their own, if, if they live in one of these Democrat cities, they're noticing that the police perhaps aren't showing up when crimes have been committed like they used to because, one, they're busy with the rioters, or two, their police force is being defunded and they don't have the troops necessary, so to speak, to respond to crimes. And again, I find it rather interesting 
that Donald Trump's administration has said, if you want the, the National Guard to come in, we'll send them. And we can take care of all this in an hour. But they don't want the National Guard to come in. They don't want it handled in an hour because they want to foment this anger, this violence, this chaos, because it serves a purpose. So my point was confirmed. I put this on my Facebook page, which is Brian Sussman's show. I saw an article in Vanity Fair. Not that I read Vanity Fair on a regular basis, but it was the cover of Vanity Fair. Angela Davis is there. Some of you may know who Angela Davis is. Others of you perhaps don't. Angela Davis was a longtime member of the Communist Party USA. Actually, she left the Communist Party USA to begin an even more corrupt commie front group. So she's still a communist to this day. Okay, so Angela Davis, communist. She's also a black woman. She's a former Black Panther from the 1960s. She was one of the leaders of the Black Panthers in Oakland in the 1960s. She was once convicted for illegal firearms and conspiracy to murder. And after that, she became a professor emeritus eventually at the University of California, Santa Cruz. Of course, that would be a convenient place for her to spread her communist ideology with all these skulls full of mush. In this article in Vanity Fair, she actually expresses sympathy for those involved in the Black Lives Matter riots and the defund the police movement. She's not saying this because she's black. She's saying this because she admits these riots, this chaos, the crime being conducted on our streets, the killing of police officers and innocent people at large, she says it represents the culmination of decades of radical left-wing activism. She's saying what we're seeing here is, to her, it's, it's the, the precious prize. Yes, we've been waiting for this for years. Friends, can I just give you an example? As you know, I, I, I live in, Santa, in um, San Francisco. And you can go to downtown San Francisco, Union Square, it's, it's, a, it's a tourist, it's, a, it's an international tourist destination. Union Square is beautiful. Some of the, all the best stores in the world are there. One of the finest hotels in the world is there, the St. Francis. I was there a couple weeks ago. Every one of those beautiful stores, including the hotel, is boarded up. Boarded up. There's nobody there. Boarded up for fear of violence and riots. It's boarded up. 54% of the businesses in San Francisco are boarded up. This is a city that's run top to bottom by Democrats. Boarded up. So somebody like Angela Davis sees this and thinks, this is great, fantastic. Not only does it kick capitalism in the ass but at the same time it proves how powerful our movement is so in this article davis also warns that the street demonstrations currently rocking cities around the country are just the early stages of a larger revolution that is needed to bring about lasting radical social and economic change folks what we're seeing here this has been in the works for a long long 
time. Now, let me continue. Let me continue with the goals of the Communist Party. And I'll tick these off one by one. And you tell me if what's happening today and what's been happening for decades isn't bothersome to you, a freedom-loving American who's listening to Hidden Headlines. So let's look at some of these communist goals. Again, this is from the book, The Naked Communist, written in 1958. 1958. Uh, we'll begin with... Permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation and regardless of whether or not items could be used for war. Okay, let's just stop and think. What is the communist country that we do trade with on a regular basis? China. China. And not only do we do trade with this communist dictatorial regime, but we give them sweet deals in the process. And finally, we have a president in the White House who understands this is a ripoff and he's doing something about it. Think about this. The political correct nature of society today is such that you can't call this virus the China virus. COVID-19, the coronavirus, you can't mention where it comes from. In the past, other viruses have have been identified by their point of origination, but not with this one. So you have a president who... Screw political correctness. He calls it what it is. And the left shudders every time he does it. These are communist goals. Develop, permit free trade between all nations, regardless of communist affiliation. We should not be doing business with China, period. Continuing. (laughs) This is number seven. (laughs) So that was number four that I just read. This is number seven. Grant recognition of red China. Admit Red China into the United Nations. In 1958, it was known as Red China. Well, my gosh, they're in the United Nations and then some at this point in time. Continuing, resist, this is a Communist Party goal, resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Resist any attempt to outlaw the Communist Party. Well, here in the United States of America, hey, you're a communist, that's fine. Your choice, good. Go for it. Next. Gain control of all student newspapers. Well, that happened a long time ago. And it's not just student newspapers. It's it's all newspapers. But the goal was first get a hold of the student newspapers. Another goal was infiltrate the press. Get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy positions. Listen, I know so many people. I, I, I realized this for the first time when I was in college. I went to the University of Missouri, one of the finest journalism schools in the country. Though I took courses in journalism, my, actually de- my actual degree was in uh, radio, TV, film production, which has now since been morphed into the school of journalism. But I was just, the journalists that I was meeting or the people going into the journalism school that I was meeting, it was they, they, were, they all wanted to make a difference. Why are you going into journalism? I want to make a difference. Shoot, I wanted to go into journalism and radio, TV, film production because I wanted to have fun. Uh, if I'm going to report, I'm going to report fairly. I want to do TV. I want to do reporting. I thought it would just sounded fun to me, but for them, I want to make a difference. I'll never forget the discussion I had 
with, I won't mention his name. I was at Channel 5 in San Francisco. Of course, I was the TV weatherman there, the meteorologist, but I also did a lot of science reporting. And I had a big argument over global warming with our executive producer. And he pulled me aside. By the way, he was a former president of the Students for a Democratic Society. This was an organization set up by communists years ago when he went to UC Berkeley. Um, and he, he told me, Brian, you know what your problem is? I know you went to the University of Missouri. I know you think you know something about journalism, but you know what your problem is? You don't know which facts to leave out. You see, that's how they, they appear to be fair and balanced. They give you the facts, sometimes with an opinionated spin, but they know which facts to leave out. So again, infiltrate the press, get control of book review assignments, editorial writing, policy making, gain keen control. This is uh, number 21 on the list. Gain keen control of positions in radio, TV, and motion pictures. Well, we uh, just look at all the people you see on the networks today, including some on Fox. These are highly placed, influential individuals who can actually do it their way with their spin and no one will know the difference because we've got minds full of mush watching. We've got useful idiots watching and listening and lapping it up. And that's why I appreciate listeners to Hidden Headlines and Conservatives and Independents because you want to think for yourself. Control art critics and directors of art museums. Our plan is to promote ugliness, repulsive, and meaningless art. Look at the art today. Shapeless forms. And we go, ooh, wow, nice. Eliminate all laws governing obscenity by calling them censorship. So in other words, eliminate censorship. Eliminate censorship. Look, look, what, look what goes for art these days. Look what goes for art in films these days. I mean, we are, America is the purveyor of pornographic literature, both in print, both on film and the internet. But oh, we can't go after that. That's a person's right. Break down cultural standards of morality by promoting pornography and obscenity in books, magazines, motion pictures, radio, TV. That's number 25. Present homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. This is 1958. Well, look where we are today. In fact, look at the goals of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's all about presenting homosexuality, degeneracy, and promiscuity as normal, natural, and healthy. Infiltrate the churches. My gosh, there's a guy named Jim Wallace who's at the top of the food chain in this communist movement. This guy proposes to be a pastor. He says he's born again. He has infiltrated the minds of many, many pastors and caused them to be spooky liberal. I have one such friend who's gone down that road. It's, it's absolutely repulsive. Discredit the Bible and emphasize the need for intellectual maturity that does not need a religious crutch. Eliminate prayer, any phase of religious expression in the schools on the grounds that it violates the principle of separation of church and state. Discredit the American founding fathers 
present them as selfish aristocrats who had no concern for the common man. Well, we've gone beyond that now. Now they're all racists. And you know, it's so dangerous. It's so dangerous to view history through a present lens. But you know what Karl Marx said about that? He said, history means nothing. History means nothing. Belittle all forms of American culture and discourage the teaching of American history on the ground that it was only a minor part of the big picture. Folks, do you, I don't know if you understand this, but in our uh, schools today, American history, if it is taught, it's, my gosh, talk about leaving the facts out. It's disgusting. Support any socialist movement to give centralized control over any part of the culture, education, social welfare agencies, welfare programs, mental health clinics, etc. Infiltrate and gain control of all unions. Well, that's for the most part happened. Infiltrate and gain control of big business. Discredit the family as an institution. Black Lives Matter, you go to their website, they, they, they don't see a traditional family the way you see a traditional family. They want to discredit it as an institution. And in the process, quote, encourage promiscuity and easy divorce. Next, emphasize the need to raise children away from the negative influence of parents. Next, 42, create the impression that violence and insurrection are legitimate aspects of the American tradition. Violence and insurrection is what we're seeing on our streets today like never before in the history of the United States since the days of the revolution. And that had nothing to do about communism. That had to do with freedom lovers in the states who wanted to break from the tyranny of the crown. Which I guess one could say was communist in a sense. Because the king of England had say over everything. And that's what Karl Marx desires. He has, he desire even from the grave, he desires, he desires that he be the king of all mankind. Marxist man, homo Marxian. Here's another one, interestingly. Internationalize the Panama Canal. Everybody thought that would never happen. Well, guess what? We built it and then we gave it away. These are some of the goals of the Communist Party from 1958. 1958. But friends, I believe there is hope. We have an election coming up, as you know, and that's why these riots are building because the left feels as if they can intimidate their way into the White House. But I think it's going to backfire on them. And there are actually many liberal voices who are agreeing with me on this one. Because as I mentioned, there are a lot of middle-of-the-road Democrats who are watching this and they, they don't like it. I know the polls are shifting right now in favor of Donald Trump. I've never believed the polls. Why? Because I will never take a poll. And guess what? You, the listener to Hidden Headlines, will never take a poll. My gosh, if you're, if you're a Trump supporter and you live in many of these major cities across America, for example, San Francisco, I'm just telling you, I would never wear a Trump hat in San Francisco. My God, you'd be, you'd be beat up. 
So we stay away from the polls. But I think what's going to happen in November is going to be a landslide. And then you wait, all hell's going to break loose. And it's going to be that way for perhaps the next four years. But we have a man in the White House. He's not a perfect man. Come on. I realize that. You realize that. But can I tell you something? There's a Bible verse. 1 Corinthians 1.27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And in this particular case, Trump is unlike any president in history. There may never be another guy like him. And in a lot of ways, you could say, boy, he doesn't act like a president. Well, okay, fine. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. In my last podcast, I talked about the one thing that Donald Trump stands for that to me is the most important thing of all. And that's life, pro-life. God bless him. He had no history of that prior to becoming president, but he followed through on his promises and God bless him for it. Here's what Donald Trump stands for. Again, uh, he has his flaws. And oh, if you only knew my flaws. And oh, hello, if I only knew yours. Capitalism is by far the best known system to provide for the physical needs of man. Some would say, well, you know, Trump doesn't care about the poor. He doesn't care about the down and out. Well, hello. Trump doesn't care about blacks. Well, hello, hello. Prior to the COVID, what was happening? Our unemployment rate was the lowest in in history. Black unemployment was the lowest in history. When you give a person a job, you give them a meaning. You give them an opportunity that, that makes them want to do even more for themselves. Capitalism is the best known system to provide for the physical needs of man. I'm reading from The Naked Communist, page 282. Capitalism permits a man to satisfy his personal or spiritual needs. Capitalism is naturally self-expanding, which creates strong economic ties between communities, states, and nations. Capitalism can permit everyone to participate in making a profit, thereby eliminating classes. Capitalism promotes the freedom to try, allows the freedom to sell, allows the freedom to buy. Capitalism increases the worker's share of the national income. Capitalism increases the number of jobs faster than the growth of population. I mean, you look at all these communist countries. My gosh, they're in abject poverty. I've met people who lived in the Soviet Union. It was a trash hole. They, 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 jobs? There were no jobs. Look what's going on in China right now. My gosh, you get out of those major cities, people live in just absolute squalor. Look what's happened in places like Venezuela. Once so wealthy and so attractive, but communism has destroyed that country despite their overwhelming ability to produce fossil fuels. It's a junk heap. Look at Castro's Cuba. Capitalism increases the number of jobs faster than the growth of the population. Capitalism promotes rapid technological advances. Capitalism is proving to be and has proved to be the most effective means mankind has yet discovered for sharing the wealth. We need four more years. We need to get rid of this COVID and get to the truth about what's going on with that. But that's another podcast for another day. And we need to pray 
we need to pray. Thanks for joining me. Brian Sussman, Hidden Headlines. Faith, Family, Freedom.